This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, now for the third and final segment of this season preview edition for the Patriots at Six Rings Podcast, we're going to look at some of the questions, the three major questions facing the team, and then I don't know if Shime might have to sit out the second portion of this, the three reasons for optimism. I'm hey, not hey, sure hey, 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 that segment. I said their upside record was what, 10 wins? I mean, come on now. I'm, yeah. I, I give them some credit. What a, okay. what a nugget. What a light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, okay, so 10 wins would be a good season for you, a great season for this team. For you guys. Wow. We, oh, we just got a year. We just got, oh, thanks, Tom Brady, for saying, yeah. you know, the Patriots have a good team just five minutes from getting eliminated by the Titans. Appreciate that. No kidding. Um, so the three That's biggest it. questions as I pose them, I'm going to read these and then we, we can discuss, debate. Feel free to add other questions. But this is how I wrote it up for weei.com. First, mm-hmm. will the changes to the coaching staff and offensive scheme be a fatal flaw on that side of the ball? Second, Is the cornerback position stocked with enough talent to get the critical job done in the back end against a tough slate of competition? And third, can the offensive line pull itself together and stay healthy enough to be the strength and foundation of whatever the Jones-led unit ends up looking like? First, uh, do you guys agree that those are three significant questions facing this team? Uh, I I think those are the three biggest questions. I mean, to me... But you have to go with Mac Jones somewhere in there as well, Andy. Like, can Mac Jones thrive or survive with all the changes made along the line schematically and overcome the the adversity and overcome the adversity into the coaching structure they've put together? See, I'm back to where Fitz, you mentioned it earlier. I truly Mm -hmm. believe this is a no lose situation for Mac because I think two of the biggest questions on the roster or for the team are the offensive coaching staff and the offensive line. And mm-hmm. so you can't even get to Mac before you answer those questions for the positive. Yeah. But like, I, I still think that there, there needs to be some proving ground here for Mac because in my doomsday world scenario, if Belichick's like, all right, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm retiring. You get a new coach in here who has the number one overall pick. Like that question has to be asked. If Mac has a bad season, that question is going to be asked. Why, why would we not draft CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or whoever, the, the quarterback uh, du jour seems to be. Oh, so, in, your, in your scenario, yes. No, no, there's so a just, change in regime, 100%. So I'm just saying in general, like I think even like even if they just have a really bad season like or even a mediocre to bad season, Max still needs to prove himself because in worst case scenario, it may not be Belichick calling the shots next year. Yeah, and also we, like, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast and one of the things – one of the, the the small drums, maybe like a Karate Kid two size drum that I've been banging on all season long has been. I see a lot of the changes that they made offensively as votes of faith, as full confidence votes in Max ability to run an offense, make changes at the line and run a scheme that's more that he's more comfortable or familiar with. So 
Uh, if that's the case, then we should be able to see, in spite of some of the curious decisions made, progress from Mac Jones. If Mac really regresses to a point where you can't even blame it on the coaching staff, uh, the coordinator, the play calling, et cetera, like if he just has a bad year, then yeah, I, some of that, it, a little bit of that blame will be laid at his doorstep. Andy. Especially yeah. because like I understand Belichick says preseason doesn't matter, but if he looks like in the regular season, what he has looked like in the preseason, it does. I, it doesn't matter if what around him is not great. He also will look, he also looks terrible just because Justin Fields is on the bears. If he, if he looks terrible, therefore is playing terrible. But if he looks good, despite the bad team, it's like, okay, there's some promise there. I think the same goes for Mac Jones. And yeah. I got to tell you, uh, Justin Fields didn't even look that bad con uh, no, considering the weaponry really that lady. they have around him. Like, hey, listen, I know he's got Velas Jones Jr., Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, and Cole Komet. I got to tell you, I, I understand Cole Komet is hardly going to get compared to Pat Freermuth, let alone Rob Gronkowski anytime soon. But when you discard both of your third-round tight ends and a guy that Phil Perry was begging the Patriots to take, suddenly becomes a viable target on that anemic bears offense. That's going to shine one of those like, Oh, Bill, you might want to talk to the GM because somebody else that has a shitty offense has a decent tight end and you don't. Yeah. I, I, I'll never rule out that I'll criticize Mac, but I find it hard for me to envision saying Mac is going to be the problem on this team. I just, I have more confidence in him, his ability to do his job at a competitive NFL level than I do the coaching staff, the offensive line, or his weapons. I know, but so, Andy, he'd like to those he, are answered. I'm okay. I just find it difficult to to rip on Mac. I need a game-winning drive or two. I need to see him overcome. Granted, he was a rookie, but last year we also kept saying he didn't play like a rookie. They draft they drafted him because they thought he would be better than, smarter than, more experienced and advanced than a rookie in his rookie campaign. He's obviously ahead of all the other quarterbacks taken last year. I'll say all six, including Davis Mills in the third by the Texans. Now we think the pack may be catching up to him a little bit in year two. I need to see him not make the kinds of mistakes that put the Patriots behind the proverbial gridiron eight ball, like in the Colts game with those two terrible picks and that awful pick six in the Miami game. Show me that you have been able to study film, that you're not making the mistakes that beset the team last year. And then this is an, a moot point, a non-issue. Yeah, I it, just so you know, if we get to this debate, the Patriots are better than we all predicted. Because if Good. we're talking about Mac, it means mm -hmm. the receivers, the offensive line, and the coaching were better than we predicted. Because I don't, or think they just all suck. Mac. Well, yeah, but I don't know how. You, like, for example, you just said you thought he was better than all the quarterbacks from last year's draft class, but the pack might be closing the gap. Whatever. Part of the reason I think the pack is closing the gap is the most talented of the group mm -hmm. actually has a coach now, actually has an offense, actually is going to be able to show you his skills. I gave Trevor Lawrence a free pass for last year. I know not everybody yeah. did, but. To me, this is Max free pass year because I think the circus that was in Jacksonville for last year in terms of coaching has moved to the Northeast and now Andy's might be in comparing New comparing Belichick to Urban Meyer. Are Let you the negativity soaking, oh, wow. I don't know how we can look at it any differently that than hate. he made a defensive coach and a special teams coach his offensive coaches. They changed an entire scheme that's worked for 20 years. Oh, but Andy, he's the greatest back. coach of all time. The guy's infallible. Like, what are you doing, you boob? This, there's no place on the planet where what he did day. this offseason is logical. It Thank may you. work, but it's not logical. And, and so, just, therefore, Mac wow. is porked.
And as I just happened to be perusing Twitter to see if there's anything that came up or need be mentioned during this podcast, it's almost as if the algorithm were listening. Recommended because you follow New England Patriots news on Twitter. I see from at that John Irons. Every NFL fan base knows Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, except Patriots fans. How sad is that? Oh, boo-hoo. Get out of here with this bull no crap. offense, but I'm who's so that guy? Tired of this. Who, I don't who, know. Who, it who, just who? I'm just saying Jack it ass? popped up. Ugh. Yes, Ugh, it's Patriots the fans are so entitled because all they did was win, and now they're mad at Belichick. I'm I'm so sick and tired of these dumbasses, these people in the media that are they, they're, they're they're like the people in the, the this this collective conglomerates of media that are just like eh, Patriots can't even see that Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. No. We have six trophies. We hold our teams to a higher standard because of that. You buffoons can't win, so you have very low standards. There's a big difference here. I also just wow. I don't even know if it's a high standard. I just want a guy who's coached oh. offense to coach offense. And a I guy that's really, I, honestly, <laughs> it's just like, you know what I don't need? You know, honestly, I don't need maybe, and maybe it would work out. And I'm sure the food network or the cooking channel or travel and food or whatever other boutique network at the high end of your cable stream would have a show where maybe a sushi chef is making dessert. Maybe he does it. All I want is like a pastry chef to make my croissant. Is that so much? Is that so hard to ask? I mean, that's you right. almost made me drop my croissant. I mean, I really, I All just like, do, I don't, you know, I don't need the pizza guy to make my sushi either. I mean, like just very simple shit. That's all. I'm with you, Andy. You don't want sushitsa? Oh man, sushitsa. Now I would eat that. If I'd you try take, it. Give it a shot. If I'd you take a, a pizza, if you take a pizza, to roll out a pizza dough and now use that as like your, your seaweed, your nori, and then you put the ingredients in and then you, you cook it up. So it's almost like sushi stromboli or su- sushroli or stromushi. <laughs> I would go I'm for into that. It. I'm so into All it. Right. I right. feel like we need we like we've pioneered a new food type here, Shime. Let's go. Okay, so we've gotten through the questions. Stramushi. Uh, the three that I brought up, and then you guys are all in on Matt's Mac Jones has plenty to prove this year. Uh now let's go to the three <laughs> reasons of optimism. And I am going to start with the offense could be built around a deep, versatile crop of skill position playmakers with Jones as the perfect guy to cull it all together on every snap. The second defensive front led by Barmore and Judon has the depth, talent and potential to be a dominant game altering unit. And third, the kicking units appear poised to bounce back from an abysmal 2021 season, ready to win a game or two in the third phase for a team that will need every win it can get. I feel like Andy is sneaky as negative in some aspects as I am that his third reason for optimism has to be the kicking game. Wait a minute. They the Patriots the don't raise concession prices for a second consecutive year, Nick allowing Fol- fans to get abundantly drunk. Nick Fol- was like fourteen percent over field goals made per like expected, like last year. Like Nick Folk had an amazing year last year. I don't, Nick I don't Folk's understand. Great. The punt, yeah. the punt return yeah. sucked. But the he's due for regression. No, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Okay, no. If you, read, if you read, if you read the piece that just Andrew just, Callahan put out in the in the Herald today how a Harvard trained heart surgeon made Nick folk, the most accurate kicker in Patriots history. You'd understand 
regression does not exist in the Nick Folk dojo. Thank you very much. Sure. Big Dick Nick is good Good for whoa, him. Whoa, whoa. No, it's Big Kick Nick. Excuse me. Sorry, Thank you very my much. My apologies. Thank big you. Big Kick Nick. I just, I just think it's funny that Andy's third reason for optimism happens to be the kicking game. I just, I think that's, I think that's digging pretty far down the, uh, the totem pole to he find a third Nick reason. Nick Folk for as his number two player on the Patriots. I understand. Roster. I'm just saying, I and think I'm not it's sure funny. you understand the kicking game is beyond just the field goal kicker. It's punts. Yes, it's punt coverage. It's not getting punts blocked. It's not muffing punts in key games. It's not giving away you know, penalties where you give the other team a touchdown instead of a field goal. Sure, but in the nature. hierarchy, in the hierarchy of an NFL franchise, mm-hmm. yeah, special team success not quite as high as a lot of other things. Have so you my seen point the is, early when, stage of the Patriots dynasty that was built on Adam Vinatieri's petite right foot? First and also, all, may I also I'm remind you, I'm not saying the kicking was bad. The kicking was good last year. No, no, Shime, hold on. No, Actually, Andy has last a, year. First Other of all, the, the special kicker. teams last year. Everything except both of you. Nick Foles sucked of you. last year. Mute button. Timeout corner for no, both. No, you're not mutant. You're a mute. You're, no, you are. First of all, you are a mutant. Second mutant. of all, uh, Shime, I'd like to remind you that not only were the Patriots like lower tier special teams last year, it cost them like the Colts block punt. It caught Jake Bailey wasn't able to give them the advantage on kickoffs and punts. But I want to take I, you back. I, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Go back to 2001. Word. Old Wordy McWorderson here reminding you that in the AFC championship where Tom Brady rolls his ankle and everyone gives all the credit to Drew Bledsoe, who came in and threw that one touchdown to David Patton that Tom Brady, want, you know, mimicked a week later in the Super Bowl. It was the special teams that won the Patriots that AFC championship shocker over Cordell Stewart. Uh, with Troy Brown's punt return touchdown and the amazing block that Troy Brown had the wherewithal to lateral to Antoine Harris for six. So, yes, special teams, major situationally. Factor. Yes, special teams, major factor. However, for the, like the third time in the hierarchy of an NFL franchise, special teams is like down here. It's it's off the off my screen. You it's, can't it, see it. It's of, the, of the three of offense, defense and special teams, I think you we can just all have agree. to be. You just have to be mediocre on special teams. Like, that's all you got to do. But you can't be shitty. And last year, they were kind of shitty, and it hurt them. In 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 the punting, sure. But Nick Folk was great. He was way better than he should you have been. You just measure special teams based on kickers. No, I'm just saying that it's like, you're, funny. It, it's funny to me. Feels like My, my overall point game? is, yeah, it's funny to what, me funny how? Funny that like one of your three thing reasons for optimism is the kicking game. That, to me, screams, wow, this team doesn't have a lot to be optimistic about. No, right, that let me get to me a team that could be in dogfights, and if they can oh. win a couple games in the third phase, that's we the have difference. We have drastically different perspectives. every advantage they can get. Andy, let me give yeah. you three reasons for optimism. <laughs> Outside of Mac Jones and Mac Jones developing and having a solid second year, despite the talent around him, the play calling cadre, the Rushmore of curious coaching choices, etc. Let me go with one Patriots led by burgeoning star Ramondre Stevenson and uh, running back uh, lead back in franchise year Damian Harris showcase one of the NFL's best and most powerful run games. I'm also you really are give... Wordy McWorderson. Shut up, Ish. I'm, I'm, I'm just doing. The, I'm workshopping this on the fly. It's a He's podcast. Like a brook, he just keeps babbling. Uh, uh, really... <laughs> oh, well done, Andy. Good job. You made up. Uh, Patriots second uh, surprise secondary led by safety, uh, powerful safety group keeps them in ball games. And the third one is Christian Barmore anchors defensive line 
surprisingly stout, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you want to know how you can simplify that? Three reasons for optimism. Running backs, defensive line, safeties. Simple. Okay. Yeah. All right, listen, there's a reason why I don't work as an editor, okay? That's Simplicity, what, that's what, my friend. That's what the one flaw. I was trying to write a headline on the fly. The one flaw with the focus on the running backs, which I agree with. I think if Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson stay healthy, they could be the backbone of the offense. Mm-hmm. But they rely on the the offensive line to do their jobs, and I'm still not sold on the offensive line. I it, true. I don't think the offense. I don't think Mac Jones or the running backs can ever get to the wait for it. Do your job portion of their season if the offensive line doesn't. If they're not given the opportunity. All right. Well, then let me let me end on this question. Then a curious one to uh, leave as we get nearest the uh, end of this. Uh, yeah, almost hour long podcast, like you thought it would be. Uh, do you think that that's going to be because of the scheme, if you will, uh, with the players having a hard time picking it up, given that their offensive line coach is also the offensive coordinator? Or is it just playing going to be the health of this line who have all shown at times to be um, a bit fragile for our I liking? I don't mean to be Glenn Ordway and cover all my bases, but um, I think it's health, talent and scheme. Perfect. They're not nice. talented enough to overcome the scheme. The Holy Trinity. And their depth is non-existent Paper in terms thin. of, mm-hmm. yeah, like anybody going down. So I think it's sort of that that combination, that concoction that could be. As you've uh, been saying all along, Eddie, House over. of Cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've downgraded it. I, I feel like House Ooh. of Cards was generous because House oh. of Cards is so like. So is it a sandcastle up? now? No. Sandcastle is even better than a House of Cards. It feels more flimsy than House of Cards. Yeah, but all it takes yeah. is one big tide to so come in and knock it over. So it's a leaning Jenga tower. Yeah, but like really leaning. Like on the one point where you like it's it, like shaking back and forth. No, you know yeah. what it is? It's a stack of clean laundry, and somehow it is balanced in the bedroom, and you haven't bothered to put it away. And all it takes is you throwing one other pair of socks on top to have the whole damn thing come tumbling down. Yeah, it's any of those things that you want. Mm-hmm. It's something yeah. that you're stunned is still standing. <laughs> Chris Scheim on a Saturday night after about 28 brews. True. I was at a concert Saturday night, so that makes sense. All right. Nice. Okay, Fred so those are, our, great. those are our questions. Those are our uh, reasons for optimism, even though Chris Scheim urinated all over my third reason all for right. optimism. All right, that was... I had to do it. I was Care for it. Uh, he is Nick Fitzy Stevens. Mm-hmm. He is Chris Scheim. I am Andy Hart, and this has been our hour-long six rings and football things Patriots season preview podcast. We went through the records. We went through the players. We went through the pros and cons of the entire roster. Next podcast, to give you a little preview of the preview, we'll be previewing three previews, baby, the National Football League season. We will talk about Division winners, teams we like, teams we don't like, Super Bowl picks, records, playoffs, the whole damn thing when it comes to the National Football League. Because as we record this, we're about two days away from the season opener where the Rams get to have their little time in the sunshine and enjoy their Super Bowl victory before we turn the page totally to the 2022 season. Nick. Little less wordy tomorrow when we preview the NFL. We'd like to get that one in in under two hours if possible. Shime, we're going to do something you actually like. Talk about the other 31 teams and not Yay. be so damn negative about the Patriots. Look forward to it. If you want to join the discussion, if you have a problem with any of our picks or our questions, at Six Rings Pod on Twitter, 
sixringspod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. There has to be some reactions to Chris Scheim's projection that the Patriots <laughs> could be picking number one overall in next year's draft. Holy smokes. And I look forward to those reactions. Otherwise, keep downloading the podcast. Keep listening. Download the Odyssey app. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it. Tell us what you think about Chris Scheim as, as often as possible. Mm-hmm. For these guys, it's I'm funny. Andy Hart. That's another Six Rings pod in the books. Peace out. See ya. Bye.